Hello and welcome to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin, the Utah College Football Podcast on the End Zone Podcast. Uh, my name is Eric Jensen, and thank you for bearing with us last week. This is obviously a hobby for both of us. We are not raking in millions of dollars on what? a lucrative Spotify podcast deal. Eric, Sorry, Austin. You told I, me I, we I were yeah, I lied to you on that one. I said I. that that we did have a sixty million dollar Spotify deal. I thought we up. were going to be on Joe Rogan's like yeah. level or something. Yep, that's that's basically what I promised. Unfortunately, we haven't quite gotten there yet, so we decided to take a little week off with Utah being on by and us both being people that are, are Utah fans. So we mm-hmm. took a little bit of a bye week, but we're back now. Uh, during that bye week. You know, only slight calamity happened. BYU got blown out by Liberty. That was shocking and and not good, as was the game last night, which we will get into shortly. And Utah State's Mountain West championship hopes kind of died in Laramie, as was kind of predicted going into that game. Playing with a fourth-string quarterback doesn't help you out much. But we're here now week what week is this? Week nine? Uh, you know, they start at week zero, and then it's week one. So the numbering to me never makes any sense. But nine, yeah, nine sounds right. Okay, we'll just call this week nine. Well, no, so- BYU is four and five now. Or no, and then if it's week, they start week zero. Anyway, it's week nine or ten, something like that. All right. Good. Well, that's that's what I'm I'm looking for. I'm hoping that we we have the correct week involved here but man oh man what a just a very very tough week for very very tough week for BYU um end up getting beaten by Liberty very very badly nothing of much substance there to talk about other than things were abhorrently bad and now we make it to Eastern Carolina, and what do you know? Eastern Carolina goes to Provo. They go to Provo, and they win. They take care of business. They get the win in this one. As I pull up the box score, as I, I keep rambling here, 27-24. Austin, what a game this was. Not only was BYU's defense not great, but the offense couldn't really get anything going throughout. Only 144 yards passing for Jaron Hall. That is shocking. That is very bad news because in almost every game, even the losses this year, he's thrown for close to 300 yards. To be held to 144 through the air and then to go away from the running game. Lapini Katoa, 20 for 116 yards, but they went away from the running game for some reason in the second half. And now BYU is four and five. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's one of the, I can't remember which car, which company was that did the, the life comes at you fast commercials. Um, I think it was like maybe Allstate or something, but I think this is like BYU's life comes at you fast. Like, story over the last few weeks it it really it's amazing like it wasn't too long ago we were talking about BYU at like four and one they were in the top 20 ranked nationally 
you know, there was a bit of a conversation about possibly seeing the Cougars play in a New Year's Six Bowl. At this point, they would be lucky to play in any bowl. I think I think it's it's they're gonna have to really dig deep to to find two more wins the rest of the year to, to become bowl eligible. Uh it's it's a disaster right now in Provo. And I recommend anybody after you're done listening to Eric and I go listen to our good friend Jake Catch's postcast um on Lockdown Cougars where he recaps the game. It's the most it's the fieriest I've ever heard Jake and he is irate over the situation in Provo and it seems to be justified. It's it's a horrendous situation right now. Yeah. Things are a mess. Uh, Eliza Tuiaki is still employed somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he is quote unquote given up defensive play calling responsibilities, I, I guess. But whatever he's doing still isn't working there. Um, I am going to give that a listen this afternoon. Actually, I I, I have you several. Must. It's very good. I Jake have... was on fire. Yeah, I have several things I need to listen to this afternoon, uh, including college basketball previews. Boy, what? those that starts. I don't think you understand this. College basketball. Are you aware college basketball starts in literally a week? I didn't know they still played college basketball. Yeah, well, Utah has been so forgettable in that retrospect that mm-hmm. you'd be fair to have that assessment. But yeah, it, it's a it's a crazy time of year for sure. I don't know. It feels mean at this point for us to continue to talk about BYU. I kind of got to this point where you know I write on my blog occasionally every week these little weekend recaps, and I just got tired of being like, "Oh, BYU is getting no pressure," because like I was kind of writing the same thing every week, and it feels like we're saying the same thing every week, which is why it just gets more and more and more maddening for BYU fans. It should not be this difficult, Austin. It just should not be this difficult for a team that thinks that talked up their team as a program ready to go to the Big 12. And then suddenly you look at the roster next year, most of your guys are leaving, and you have to start from scratch with a very young core of players again. And if this old core of veteran players couldn't get it done with this defensive scheme, what makes us think that 18, 20, 22-year-olds just coming back from their missions are going to be able to pick up this scheme and make it work properly? It's uh, it's, it, it's funny it's how like the move to the Big 12 now at this point seems like menacing and like this looming disaster. That, yeah. Like, like they're, yeah, they're, they might like, not make a bull next year. Yeah, that's, I mean, rare, uh, they would be lucky to at this point. Like, I, I don't, I, it, it's, it was interesting to, to listen to Jake, you know, I mean, he gave some analysis on on the game, you know, and there's not too much to take away, you know, the, the BYU just, the, their defense has been non-existent, the play calling, um, Jake called it asinine um, to start the podcast. Um, the, I mean, there, there, there are many. There were many issues that played into their loss last night. But I, I think it, like we, we've been saying, the bigger story is what happens next for BYU, and it, it's, it's, it looks like a potential nightmare. And, and I think what, what I almost think what would be best for BYU is if Jaron Hall continues to play poorly to finish this year. His NFL draft stock, you know, plummets. He's forced to come back next year, and he finds he he rediscovers the magic he had 
at the beginning of this season. Um, cause if, if he starts to play even marginally better and sees the writing on the wall and decides to jump ship to the NFL, it's, it's a death sentence for BYU moving into the pack pack 12 or excuse me, big 12 next year. And I, I will say this. I disagree with that take Austin. I, I I'm pro players going and getting their money. I do think this is a, a very one-off game. This has, this was Jaron Hall's worst game of the year statistically. Um, he, he he's played really well in every other game. I do think Jaron Hall and the offense are going to get right. I, I think that the, the play calling will change. They will get better. It's the defense that 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 really is a concern to me. And now we we have to talk. We have to ask: Is BYU a bolting? The rest of the way the schedule, as I pull up the Cougars' schedule, looks something like this. Boise State next week in Boise. That suddenly looks like a very, very tough game. Against Utah. Game. What? It could be unwinnable. I don't I I don't see how BYU wins there. And then they're and then they have game and then they play Utah Tech and then they finish the year with Stanford. Utah Tech a very good offense, by the way. Um, wouldn't that be something if they if, if BYU loses to Utah Tech, they should they should burn uh, the stadium to the ground and and just start all over. Yeah, I would agree. And Stanford, people clown Stanford, but Stanford has beaten bad teams this year. When it, bad teams play Stanford, Stanford wins. They're going to have an insanely hard time getting two more wins. I I I I, it, I think it would almost be borderline miraculous if they if they find and let's give them Utah Tech. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give BYU. This is this is my uh, super sports analyst guy talking here. I'm going to give BYU an edge over Utah Tech. I, I know that's maybe a controversial take, um, but I don't see how they beat Boise State on the road. And I think I think they've played below the the the, the caliber of most Power Five conference teams. I don't see how they beat Stanford. I don't. I think BYU only has one more win on the schedule right now. Woof. Woof. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing because not it wasn't too long ago we were taught we were we were we had a completely different conversation about these guys. Yeah, suddenly uh this podcast becomes extra depressing. Uh yeah. U- Utah State not I- I'm unsure about their future. They're on the bye this week, came at a good time. Hopefully they get Cooper Lega back and they're healthy. Cooper Lega has looked good, so let's Let's hope that Cooper Lega is comes back and lights the world on fire and the and the Aggies win out, which is a possibility. They have sure. a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way, but BYU things look uh bleak. And now for Utah. What a strange game on the Palouse, Austin. Mm-hmm. What a strange, strange game. Cam Rising does not play in this game. The I just was talking with Michelle Bodkin today, actually, on the Saturday show about this. And the SIDs did not know mm. that Cam Rising was not playing. Uh, the coaching staff did not know that Cam Rising was not playing until about 30 minutes before game time. Right. When Cam Rising said, hey, I don't feel like I'm good enough to go. And so Bryson Barnes comes in, does a a, a decent job for a backup quarterback, but he is very much a backup quarterback. And now the question becomes, 
is Cam Rising healthy? Because if Cam Rising is not healthy, if Cam Rising didn't feel 100% for this one and say he comes in next week and maybe takes a bad hit, like, Utah's doesn't have to worry about bowls you know they're they're in they've they've got their six wins it's it's been a, it's been a good year but if you suddenly lose your quarterback or he's not healthy down the stretch in a conference where you really need to win out basically to make the pac-12 title game boy oh boy it it, it things are up in the air for utah right now that's how i would describe it no i think that's totally true and it, it's interesting how this week's episode is like less about analyzing the day before and more big picture. But I, I it really in Utah's case that that's how we have to look at the Wazoo game. Is like there there's nothing to take away from it. It was like a weird situation. Um, the defense did play well. I think I think there's some got better. Some, yep. yep. Yeah. I, I I think the the pressure they applied on the quarterback was was felt and seen and made a big impact on the game. That's going to be my analysis on on the Wazoo game. However, on that, it is worth pointing out that Wazoo had a very injured offensive line going into that game Mm -hmm. and has been consistently pretty terrible uh, at at offensive line over the past few weeks with all the injuries they've suffered. So, so maybe that, there are no tape. Maybe there's nothing. Substantial. Could be a product of that. We're, we're yeah. unsure. I, uh, but you know, like looking at like the bigger picture, like Dalton Kincaid looked a little banged up as well at the end of the game. If if he's injured, that's that that's makes a problem. That turns a disaster into a full blown catastrophe. Um, the I think the with the good news for Utah though is they're they're finding themselves in like a slow portion of the schedule with very winnable games against um, Arizona. And then who else did they play before? Colorado. um, Yeah. I think Uh, Stanford before. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it's Arizona, Stanford, and then Oregon on November 19th. Yeah. So that's the, that's the good news for, for Utah is, you know, if there was a time to like, I guess maybe take your foot off the off the gas. It would be now, and and hope that you're at 100 percent before Oregon. Unfortunately, as we know, Pac-12 going to Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark, uh, does, you know, catastrophes and and weird things do happen. Um, hopefully, U- Utah doesn't stumble in in these games where they're trying to get right and get you know more closer to 100 percent before Oregon. It, it 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 just feels like this week was so weird and shifted the tone of the conversation for a lot for all the teams in the state with the exception of Utah State who didn't play but i mean it, it it's it's i think all the programs right now are just in a weird state of limbo right now where we we still don't really know who these guys are and we're going into week 10 and and to be fair um the reporting out there is that Cam Rising is going to be fine, that he right. is going to play next week. But still, if he was so concerned about a knee injury or whatever that he couldn't play, like, how's that knee going to hold up? Yeah. Because someone's going to hit him at some point. And the way they have, and it has to change the way Utah uses Cam Rising. Over the past three weeks, they have run him into the ground. Like, they are giving him 
11 to 15 carries a game over the past three games that he's played. He's like carrying that, a very heavy load right that, now. That has to change if he's injured. And you ask, can the running backs do it? It appears Tavion Thomas is no longer a Utah Ute. It's, like, it, it, who knows? Like, to me, that's that kind of what this is. Like, Kyle Whittingham always shuts those questions down at these press conferences on Monday. He always says, we're going to keep it in-house. Tavion's, you know, on the right track. He's a great young man. But Tavion Thomas is on Kyle Whittingham's bad side. And this is just rampant speculation, but he's not going to play again this year. He's just not. If it hasn't happened at this point, if it didn't happen in that game when you were down literally four running backs, basically, then it's not going to happen. And Jalen Glover, he looks fine, but three yards a carry? Mm, not good enough. That's nothing special. One guy I got to shout out, Micah Bernard is one tough son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Because it was widely reported that he was not going to play, and he got in there and he played. And he only gave him three touches, but he played on basically every passing downs as a blocking back, which is so much harder than running the football to mm-hmm. take on a, you know a, a 270 pound linebacker while you're injured i just have a ton of respect for him and and the way he's handled himself throughout his time at the program from the rose bowl stuff last year to this mm-hmm. like he he just seems like a really good kid and like a dude who who's got his head on his shoulders and it, it is just a really special part of this team but if he's not fully healthy and you have to rely on jalen glover Jalen Glover doesn't look ready, and that that could be a real problem. I think Arizona is going to be a massive test. Yeah. I mean, it's just – this Utah team is so hard to figure out. I I don't think they've – I mean, with the exception of their their, – the the not Florida non-conference wins – um, I don't think they've played, you know, uh, their best game yet of the year. I don't think they've – ever shown the potential that we were sold at least uh, to start the year. And, and again, it, it, it just is a little interesting to me that we're moving into week nine or 10 of this season. And it's not really clear, like what the, the, the pulse of this team is. And, 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 and it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's is it going to leave a bad taste in our mouths at the end of the year? I, I think maybe especially considering how they were last year. Um, but who knows? Maybe they could beat they could beat Arizona, they could beat Stanford, and then maybe they can capture some some lightning in a bottle against uh, Oregon on November 19th. For now though, I don't know what there is to say. It's just like we still it, it's just there's not a lot that we just don't I don't think anybody feels confident about making a definitive stance one way or the other about this team. Yeah, I think that's definitely true, Austin. I, I would totally agree with that statement. I, I don't know if they're good. They might. I mean, they looked uh, I mean, they had an incredible win against USC. And then they scared the crap out of everybody against Washington State the next week. The there's I mean, is there a locker room issue with guys like Tavion Thomas? Injuries seem to be piling up. There's a lot of I mean, the, the special teams. I, I don't think that's been talked about enough. The special teams has been. Terrible. Un- they do not have a, bad. They do not have a kicker. Yeah. 
They just do not have a kicker. And that's going to bite him in bite him in the ass at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, 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 yeah. I don't know what uh, I I'm told they're the 14th ranked team in the country and I'm I have to believe that's pretty good. I but I don't know if this is a good Utah team yet. I really have no idea. Yeah. Still very much up at beer. I totally agree with you. All right, Austin. Well, before we go, I I I have to ask you it is kind of a bye week. Uh, both teams played on Thursday and Friday. It's Saturday. Do you have any big uh games you're looking forward to nationally that that you're you, that you might watch this afternoon? Um no, I mean, let's see. The, let's see. Old Miss Texas A&M seems kind of interesting. Um, you know, Jimbo against Lane Kiffin, I think just they should just have I just want to watch the camera just put the camera on those two and just show it in split screen. That's all I want to see is just <laughs> whatever those two do. Um, I guess, I guess the Michigan Michigan state one might be interesting. That game's usually always kind of intriguing. Um, yeah, I, it's weird that it's Saturday and BYU and Utah have already played. That's, that's kind of weird. So. Indeed. I'm going to check out, I think, Florida, Georgia, and, and keep an eye on this Kansas State, Oklahoma State. I'm real, Let me tell you something, Austin. Please. For as bad as it might be next year, I'm so excited that BYU is going into the Big 12. I think the Big 12 it's is be good for them. I think the Big 12 is maybe the most underrated college conference in the nation right now. And that that's even if you take out Oklahoma and Texas. Like, it's just a really good football conference and has a lot of fun teams and they play a fun brand of football and I'm looking forward to paying attention to mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, did did you hear that I was on that radio show in Tulsa uh like a, a month or so, uh, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So th- those guys were cool and they had like and they made a really good point and I and I I agreed with them a lot and this was kind of the thesis I stood on is I think it would be really positive for schools in Utah, BYU is doing it. And I think Utah should follow suit if the opportunity arises to go to the big 12. I think it would be really positive for both programs to move their image away from like the Western part of the United States and move more towards the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really good for, you know, their branding, the recruiting, the the respect they get on a national level is if they separated themselves away from you know, the, the, the being on the West coast and branded themselves more as like middle of the country schools. I think that would be good for the program. And so I agree. I think it's going to be fun to see BYU playing those, those big 12 schools um, in a conference schedule. All right, dude. Well, I will see you next week and we'll, we'll have all three teams in action and Hey man, this is it. This is a stretch run. Yeah. We've dude. Got, getting we've down got, to the end. We've got what? Like about, three more regular season weeks mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll probably do some shows for the bowl games and then you know a bow on it it's it's done pretty much so enjoy the college football while it lasts we are quickly coming to the end and it always gets good around this time of year halloween to me everyone always says nfl college football the season doesn't really start until Thanksgiving. Well, for me, I season, love, who was that impression of, by the way? Uh, really bad New York sports talk radio, like really bad Mike Francesa. Ah, listen, they don't tell you this, but the season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. Hey, hey! But, but, sometimes if you complain, they'll give you an extra slice of pizza. 
Hey! Hey, there's a hair in my pepperoni. You gotta hey. give me the slice. But, um, but no. To me, season starts on Halloween, and we're here. All right, dude. Thanks so much for joining me. Follow Austin on uh, Twitter at Austin Facer. Yep. And follow me on Twitter at Eric Jensen Support at Eric Eighteen Utah. Please. We will see you all next week. Peace out. Later.